I, I will back you up on that after your story and, and seeing the, I appreciate the law that, enforcement Captain. guys I saw. Of all the guys that should have been, you know, pretty calm and, mm -hmm. and realize what they're doing. And, and I just did when we got to that tugboat, and that, I, I saw that guy roughing up that long-haired guy in the galley going, these guys, they're looking bloodthirsty yes, to me, buddy. I, you know, exactly these the guys feeling. are not responding normally, and I've got to get out of here because I could be next. The Joshua Morales Podcast. Uh, All right, guys, what's going on? Uh, we have a new episode here with Captain Steve. Of course, Robert's here. But before we go into the podcast, I just want to remind you all to make sure you subscribe, hit that little bell so you're getting notified every single time we upload a video. We're uploading at least twice a week now. So Yeah, it's, it's become a, a habit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I, before we didn't know like where this was going to go. Yep, but it just keeps going it just keeps and going. going. And interestingly enough, Captain Steve uh, reached out to us on Facebook, and he called me. Or actually, we called each other somehow. Mm -hmm. And he was in Puerto Vallarta, sipping on some tequila, playing golf. Well, yes, part, part of the time. Part of the time. I, I was sitting by the pool, smoking a cigar, and looking at beautiful scenery. When I first read, you know, your stuff on Facebook. So tell us what you what you thought when you when you first heard that. Take us back to where you were when you first heard the very first episode of this. Well, you know, it's always been interesting to me because, of course, I was not really involved in it, but I was drawn into it just by curiosity because I'm a pretty curious person, you know, and and I don't like things going by me that I can witness and not witness them. It's mm -hmm. just ridiculous not to get involved, but. But uh, it, it was it was all circumstantial. There was nothing that I did on purpose, and uh, just listening to Robert speak about the events brought it just flooded back to me a, a lot of things that uh, I was involved in that night, and uh, the way he tells stories. And your friend was right. You're, you're making a big mistake doing whatever you're doing. You should get involved in storytelling because you're very good. I appreciate that. Thank and it, you. it really, it really affected me, you know, just uh, not, not, not so much the event, but the way you spoke of it, it was uh, really interesting. It drew, you drew that. me in. You, you pulled, you pulled me into this. It's all your fault. God, I if I say you, something that gets me in trouble, it's your fault. Oh, so. it, hey, Robert. like my wife. Did you ever feel, or did you ever think that we would have an actual captain on that was on the water that night? I never even year. expected to hear another perspective of that night. I never really even, when we started, I just wanted to vent. Yeah. You know, I wanted to get it out. Um, the amount of people like like uh, like yourself that have come out and said, "Hey, I have my version of that night," has been overwhelming. So no, I didn't. I didn't expect it to get to this. And every time I hear somebody else tell me their version of the incidents that took place that night from their perspective. It's uh, it's like seeing a you know a, a full painting of, of what happened that night because remember I spend the majority of my time on the north side of the bridge after the accident happened. I'm assuming you were on the south side. That's where I first got involved. That it was on the north side. Oh, on the north side. Okay. Yeah, and it, it was after you weren't out there, and of course there was nobody else. You, you've got to understand there was there was so little. Uh, I don't know, there, there were so few people that were involved in it on the water mm -hmm. that weren't in law enforcement or Coast Guard. That's correct. And the guys on the on the tug themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that was that was all there was. And uh, no one else was out there. 
I mean, it was you and me. Yeah. Basically, you know, your gang and, and we myself. Were, we were a, a, alone yes. for a long, long time. By the time we went back and, and dropped off bodies, um, and people who, I'm sorry, bodies, but people who were with us, the bodies that were with us, um, more boats were coming in, and some of them were being commandeered by, you know, by, by Texas troopers and different uh, officials. So you, at one point, you couldn't really tell what uh, what was an, uh, an authoritative boat and what was just, you know, somebody who got on their boat to go out there and go try to help. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, there weren't any. There weren't any. Uh, there were no authorities in boats out there except the Coast Guard. Except the Coast Guard. As far as I saw. And I, I was in there a very short period of time before I evacuated. I saw things going on that went, oh, this is way no good. So when we chatted on the phone, mm-hmm. you told me those accounts, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh-huh. <laughs> like, wow, exactamente. So let's it was, <laughs> so let's go back to that night. Tell us what happened, what you saw, what you heard. How did you get on the water? What well, do you want me to go through a run through, like all the way through Everything. what I ran into, or do you want to stop me every once in a while? And- Ask a question. Yeah, let's let's just have the conversation to see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you know, I can't explain why or why not I was up at two o'clock in the morning, except I had to, I had to pee, you know. <laughs> so I had a, a house, or well, actually a condo, on the main North Channel in Port Isabel, and uh, I like to go out at night every once in a while and fly fish under the lights. It was just I'd wake up in the middle of the night, you know, and go down there and check on the fish that were. I go down fly rod and catch a couple, you know, it was very normal for me. So I woke up, I had to pee, go down to the dock there, you know, and I did my thing and I'm looking at the lights down there going, yeah, that's pretty good, you know, and I was on the second floor and had a uh, flat dock above my boat and a boat lift. So I walked back up to the to the top of the, of the dock and I'm, I'm looking around and checking the fish out and all of a sudden I hear a noise that you don't hear. I've never heard before, and you know, never since. It was a very loud, horrible crashing sound, and it continued for a very long period of time. In perspective, you know, I mean, may have lasted a half a minute, you know, wow. maybe a minute. It was a long, sustained crashing, horrible sound. I'm going, wow, okay, that doesn't happen every day. What the heck was that? Back to being inquisitive, you know. So I walked out of the front, and I fast-walked down to uh, Highway 100 there. which was pretty close, but it, it's, a, it's a good walk. And I'm fast-walking down there just to see, you know, if it was something in town. And I start seeing every type of vehicle that you've never seen with flashing lights on it and siren, Volkswagens, pickup trucks, station wagons, minivans, ripping down Highway 100 towards the bridge, I'm going, oh, okay, something's up, Something's man. up, yeah. Back to being inquisitive again. I'm going, oh, man, I got to go get in the truck, see what's going on. So I ran, which I wasn't running much then, you know, but I ran all the way back and uh, got in my truck, woke up the girlfriend and went, okay, we're going for a ride. And uh, she's like, okay, she's in. So I get in the boat, drop in the water, and immediately run out through the channel, come around through old Purdy's Pier there. And the thing that, that I have to, to uh, tell everyone is it was so dark 
very, very dark. Very eerily dark. Very dark that night. There was no, no light anywhere. And, uh, of course, the wind, and, and I'm going to impress upon this many times about how hard the wind was blowing and how strong the current was and how rough the bay was. So I come around Purdy's Pier, and now I'm getting into the waves. You know, the chop. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's rough, and I can't see anything. And of course, I couldn't see the causeway. Mm-mm. There was no lights on the causeway, and there hadn't been lights on the causeway, on the causeway. for That's right. weeks. Wow. Okay, there's been a lot of social interaction with people going on about what, well, why, why we not have lights? Mm-hmm. You can't see anything when you're driving. That's right. And I remember looking, and there was no nav lights. Nope. There wasn't the even when I was in the water. There was no nav lights there. And, you know, I was going, wow, that's real weird. And I noticed, I guess it was Dale Stockton's head boat, his, his charter fishing boat, the big one, mm-hmm. was there by Purdy's Pier anchored up. And I'm going, well, okay, that's different. And I get a little closer, back then it was really dark, and it's just loaded with people, and they're in dark gear mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I kind of they're anchored up with the bow pointing towards the causeway and the current and I snuck up on them you know they weren't expecting anybody out there because mm-hmm. and I'd forgotten about what you said they had the boat ramps closed you know, they, they had the not, boat ramps closed and, and of course I wasn't affected by that yep. so I uh I pull up about six feet away from hey what's going on guys you know hey what's up well every gun in the United States was instantly pointed at me yeah and every flashlight that's ever been made. And they're on me, and there's, there's yelling and, and screaming, and, and everybody's telling me to do something different. Different, that's right. That's exactly Be, the way it was. Because I figured later that it, there, there was probably one of every law enforcement personnel on the planet on that boat. Jeez. And all wanted Repre- seniority. Representing every group, you know? Well, I later come to realize that not, not one of them knew anything about the water. Yeah. <laughs> They, they had no idea what they yeah, were doing out there. It, there's different maritime law versus land law, and we always well, talk it, about it. it. It's not the law thing. It's just the aspect of knowing what to do in the water, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, they're all on this boat, and I mean, they are armed like you can imagine. You know, they're, they're black jackets, you know, automatic weapons, and they're all pointing at me, and I'm sitting there going, I believe I'm going to be killed, killed tonight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah it, was a rough, it was a rough thing to see. It was just really strange. And, and one guy goes, get over here. I'm going, hey, hey, look, you know, take it easy, guys. I'm trying to defuse the situation. Going, look, y'all need to calm down. You know what? what's uh, what's up? I'm here to help, you know? I mean, just trying to, I wasn't really, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just here to help. You know, trying to <laughs> yeah. calm them down. I mean, I'm okay, you know, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not, not a threat, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a threat. And uh, they're going, there's been a terrorist attack, you know, and the causeway's down. I'm going, well, if there's a terrorist attack, you know, where is it? You yeah. know, I don't see anything. I still hadn't seen the bridge broken. <clears throat> so these guys, you know, they're going, pull up over here. Well, the current's ripping through there, and nobody throw me a line or anything. It was fortunate for them I can drive a boat, and I was able to hold, you know, up next to them. Well, here comes, you know, these guys diving off this boat onto me. I mean, there's no ladder. Yeah. They're jumping down onto my boat. Well, two of them hit at the same time and, and almost uh, capsized the boat. I mean, you know, I'm up against these guys with the current pushing me. Well, wow, hey, man, you guys need to settle down. And I still don't remember if there was three or four of them got on my boat. 
but they were all you could tell from a different agency. Mm-hmm. And they may have worked that out right there on the spot. You know, that's all I can figure about who they were going to put on the boat. And I finally got them on the boat. Man, y'all got to move around this little boat, man. It's rough out here. And that, you know, the swells were coming through. And I was going, okay, well, what's the deal? Take us to that tugboat. Well, I hadn't looked for the tugboat yet either. And I finally looked over there. And I could see its lights because he's behind, mm-hmm. you know, the causeway. I'm going, okay, I'll take y'all over there. This guy goes, hurry up, let's go, let's go. I'm going, hey, look, it's rough out here, man. This is, we got to take this easy, you know. This is, and, and as I approach the causeway, I see that pickup truck stuck in that top landing part, mm-hmm. you know, that it's a two-part. You've got yeah. footings, and then you've got a landing area, and then you've got pillars coming up off that footing above the water, probably six foot above that the water. That is correct. It's yeah. high. Yeah, it's high. Yeah, you, saying, you have to crawl You couldn't up. get to it, yeah. you know? You needed help. Yeah, which, which, you know, was, and then I saw taillights in the water. Mm-hmm. I'm going, oh, wow, and I look up, and I, as, as I skylighted it, I could see that, that broken area where the causeway was. Well, I, okay, well, we're, here we go, you know, and I go under, and later I found out that piece that I went under fell, fell. down in the dark yes. about five in the morning. Mm-hmm. That piece just fell on wow. its own. Going, well, lucky strike number one, as it turns out. And as I approached the, the tugs and, and the barges, the barges were unloaded, and I also think that that was part of their problem that night, these two unloaded barges. And as I approached them, you know, you're getting in the lee of all that current and wind, and it was now kind of eerie because it calmed down, you know. And well, I'm used to that, mm-hmm. you know. I, I know how that stuff works. So I'm cruising along behind the, the the barges, and the current is just, I mean, pouring underneath those things and eddying. And I get up closer to the the tugboat. The guys are going, "Get me over that tugboat! Get me over that tugboat!" And I, I mean, these guys were demanding. It, yeah. was, it was they were crazy. Yeah, they, they were crazed. They wanted to shoot somebody mm-hmm. or arrest somebody or do something, you know, that because that's what they were there for. So I pull up next to the tug. Well, there's no line to hold me, so I'm, I'm in gear, and I'm trying to maneuver there. Well, once again, they almost capsize me. So I'll rush over to the side. Yeah, they'll get on that one side. and go, hey, hey, stop. What are you guys doing, man? Settle, yeah. settle down, you know? And, and I get up against, of course, the current underneath the tug is even worse than the barges because... The current's coming underneath that thing. Uh, tugboats are like icebergs. Most of it's underwater. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's aground, you know, possibly aground. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's swirling, you know, and I finally get him up there, and I'm pulled up to what I remember is the galley. And there's this long-haired guy in there either making a cup of coffee or eating something. I'm just thinking... What, what are you doing? I, I guess he's pretty calm, you know. <laughs> but one of these law enforcement guys gets on that tub and runs in there and just gets this guy. He's on the ground, you know. And he's, he's cuffing him, and, and, and the other guys, are they're, they're out of sight. They're gone. And I'm figuring, well, they're probably doing the same, same thing, thing to somebody to else. To the rest of the crew. That's right. And this is going through my mind. And many things, you know, went through my mind while, while, during this period. I'm going, well, what in the world are these guys, you know, cuffing and roughing up these people? They need to be in command of their vessel. Yeah. 
Wait, what? Yeah, they put everybody. They put and, the whole crew on. You know, and if they're, if they're they terrorists, why is this guy making a cup of coffee or something yeah. to eat here? This, this, there's no terror here, you know. And I just going, wow, you <laughs> uh, this, this is no good. This is absolutely no good. And I, I told the one that was in the in the gathering is going, hey, look, uh, guys, I'm gonna get out of here, you know. And he's going, no, this guy gets commanding and demanding. And then he's going, no, you're you're going to wait right there. You're going to take us back over to that boat over to land. I was going, well, you know, most of my life, somebody tells me what to do. I'm going to do the opposite just to show them, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. So I'm going, well, no, man, I'm out of here. And I remember going, well, I can't go back that way, you know, the way I came because they may get on their radios and get on, you know, they say, hey, stop that mm -hmm. guy, you know, maybe he's part of the deal. And now after listening to you about what they did to you, yeah. am I ever glad? Glad you did, yeah. Because I'm a licensed captain. Mm -hmm. I would have gone through more than you guys did. Oh, my God. I would have had so. the Coast Guard yeah. crawling up my cavities, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm just going, God, that's probably one of the smartest things I ever did. And of course, they, they never asked me for to identify myself. They couldn't see the TX numbers on my boat because it was a flat deck chalice port, you know, and the numbers are below sight, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky in that regard. Of course, being dark and everything, well, they, they can't see me, you know, they, they, facially. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And they weren't interested in me yeah, at the time, right. but they would have been later. Because I, also thinking back on this, and one of the reasons why the Coast Guard didn't want to deal with you is they didn't want any witnesses out there. Because those ZAB lights were out. Yes, right. And the bridge lights were out. That's right. And they knew that. And that's part of their charter is to keep the navigation lights on. Hmm. That's part of their yeah. deal. Yeah. And it's also very important <laughs> yeah. to have those nav lights. And it uh and I just went, Okay, man, I'm out of here. So I I, I and I'm also thinking, okay, this this barge and tug are stuck into the causeway. I'm wondering, well, Standard procedure would be to keep it in gear and keep it stationary there. Mm -hmm. Because the way the wind and the current were coming across there, and I've got to tell you, it was probably one of the worst currents I've ever seen there, and probably as high a wind as it gets. I and that's because was... you're in the water all the time. Yes, and I, I recognize this. And after after my career in the you know seismic business, running boats all over the world and rivers and stuff, I think back about the currents that night, you know, and, and I understand how really bad it was. And I think it was part of their problem uh, that night. And I was going, man, you know, I, I've, I've really got to get out of here. So I take off because I'm worried about this barge after these guys have, you know, worked over these poor crew members. They're out of control of their vessel now. And it could just mousetrap me and my boat. Mm -hmm and the rest of that rig smack it up against the causeway broadside. I'm going, oh, this could get worse. Real quick. Real quick, and I mean really bad, because if that thing would have smacked up against that causeway and all of that current and wind against, Pushed up against, against the structure of those two barges and, and that tug, it could have really made a mess. How far was that barge from the, from the pillars, would you assume? Well, the distance of Two or two barges. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And it was still, you know, in in the position of contact, as far as I could tell, it was stuck in there. Wow. I'm sure they had to help. 
Do you remember seeing the tugboat from where y'all were at? I remember seeing it immediately after we arrived at the gap. They were on the south side, and I could hear the motor, his his in, his diesel engine just, and I think what he was trying, he either threw it in reverse or was trying to gain control of it because I, I, I could hear off in the distance that, that diesel engine or, or you know, I, I don't know what it was, but it was just like a roaring sound coming from the from the tug itself. So I remember he, you saying something about the light, that they're, and the, that's a good light they yeah. use, you know, their navigation <clears throat> mm-hmm. spotlight, those, those things are... Uh, yeah, it was like a big good. old train light, man. Like, yeah. it, 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 it was just, it cut right through the darkness, and, and anywhere uh-huh. you pointed, it, it was just that beam of light. Um, I remember seeing them on the empty uh, barges running back and forth trying to do something, but they were literally... Helpless. So, so hearing what he said that they were in the vessel making coffee yeah, after that, after, after that, the yeah. fact, they were stuck to that bridge. Yeah, so, they, they they couldn't get. And, 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 and standard procedure would be keep it in gear and keep you there because I'm sure he understood that he could mouse trap over there and smack that thing sideways with the way the current and the wind was going. Knock down three or four more that, who portions. Knows? Yeah, you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I, I doubt if it would have knocked any more down, but. Uh, I've got a lot of theories on what happened to those guys, you know, why they ran into the thing. So and talk about that because you were telling me that they have to the crab walk a certain way. Well, it, it, here's the deal. That. You know, they're coming from the port of Brownsville, and then they have to make one turn out of the channel going to Brownsville, and they turn into the Port Isabel part of the intercoastal, and then they have to make another hard right turn to get lined up for the swing bridge and once they get that it, it, once again this current and this wind is as bad as it can be it, it absolutely as bad as it can be and they go through that through the swing bridge and they've got to make this left turn where there's still now I think only one nav buoy to turn off of well they make their turn and they get in the wind and and this current and you know the guys looking over there, and well, there's no lights. Yeah. Oh my God! So all he's got is his spotlight, and I, I can just see this guy, you know, looking, looking for the hole, you know, <laughs> look, looking for looking for, for his guy. entrance. And that, as long as a barge and the tugs are in the channel, the the pressures of the water pretty much will keep them in there. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're kind of. In a ditch, you know, mm-hmm. think of it as a ditch. And as it turns, it opens into the bay a little more. And you've got a little depth on each side of the, the cut intercoastal itself. And I just think that bow of that thing got away from them, you know? Well, the first thing you've got to do is turn the opposite direction to try to push it out into the wind again to crab up to the causeway to move sideways, mm-hmm. you know, and then they straighten out and go through it because I've seen them do it forever you know well he didn't uh, get control of that thing and they have to power up probably full power 100 you know what are like the spatial power 110 percent you know mm-hmm. all you got and oars and he tries to line up there and it got away from him wow. and he's powered up and he's moved but you can't stop you can't stop thanks from here to there yeah. there's no brakes there ain't no jig brakes you know? or anything well he, he missed and he hit hard mm-hmm. you know 
Yeah, we were reading the the uh, transcripts where they said there was at full power, but yeah, they were, I mean, and then they power. reversed full power, oh, but they were still going. But oh. they were still going forward. Yeah, no yeah. matter how how. Uh, and you got to remember, this current is behind them. This wind, the current and wind is quartering them from behind, and everything is pushing that direction. And there's very little you can do about it. once you've made the mistake in yeah. a boat. It's made. The mistake yeah. has been made, and all you can do is hope for the best because there's no reverse. You know, mm-hmm. reverse is not going to help you yeah. a bit. And as a matter of fact, if he'd gone in reverse, he would have hit farther down. You mm-hmm. know, would have that current would have just taken him farther over. You know, so it, it just you know, I I, I keep thinking that's a pretty stressful little run when you come off the Brownsville Ship Channel and you got to make three turns going through Port Isabel and go through that narrow, narrow swing bridge. That old swing bridge wasn't made for the equipment that they're the, running that they through, run through, even it. currently. Yeah. You know, they've never expanded it. Well, he's already, you know, in the pit and makes that turn and he, he lost it, you know. Just, just you think it was deal. mostly mainly due to um, Bad captain, you know, being not experienced, or do you think it was more the elements and the? Oh, listen, those guys, those guys are good. Those you know, good. You, you don't you don't get on one of those tugboats because they they go through terrible weather situations every day. You know, mm. currents and and going through small cuts and going through locks and so those guys know how to operate so then the the lack of the lights the navigational lights well that's okay you you, you make that last turn out you know you're all focused on getting this rig through that swing bridge and then you turn and you expect to see navigation lights causeway light you've got perimeter lighting you know the ambient light off Mm -hmm. the causeway which is significant definitely and the other thing too is is when that wind's blowing really hard like that, you get a lot of sea spray off the chop, right? Well, in the daytime, you've got you know solar activity that burns a lot of that spray off, mm-hmm. and, but at night it doesn't, it doesn't, and it stays suspended, and lights diffuse, you know, going through that, and that's it, it, another element, you know, that people don't really think about. So it was just a, it was the perfect scenario for tragedy. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean. It, I just, I, I had sympathy for these guys, you know, I got, oh, what idiots, you know, they ran into the no. bridge. Well, there was a lot of circumstances mm-hmm. beyond their control, I think, you know, it, uh, it, it was just something. But anyway, I beat it out of there and ran towards the old causeway because I, I can run out there at night, you know, I know where I'm going. And I didn't want to run back the other way, the other way like yeah. I said, because I I don't want to get involved with these guys. And I could just see myself cuffed and sitting in front of the Coast Guard. What were you doing out that there? Exactly there weren't supposed to be out there. What? 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 And I, I just that's another thing that compelled me to speak about this. When you were talking about it, they're going, man, I finally did something right. <laughs> I, I was I was so impressed with myself. You know, going, well, wow, this, this was wonderful, man. I, Twenty I years later, we're right. done. We're done. Oh and you know what? I thought done. I thought about this a lot. You know, well, you know, I could have hung out there and helped these guys out, and and uh, of course, my my in, initial reaction was to run. You know run away as fast so was as you can now, especially after dealing with those guys. And I was seeing how th- they were not reacting calmly at all. There were, I saw no calm in this law enforcement group. And, and maybe they were, I don't know. And and I, I reiterate the, the fact that these guys had no idea what to do out in the water. Nothing. They're just standing there going, and they want to do something, you know, but and and 
they want to react to something that's not happening. That's not happening. <laughs> and it, I, I can see the frustration in them generally turns into anger, you know, frustration and anger. Mm, yeah. So at, uh, that was something. But also when I came back around, you know, I was retracing pretty much the same path that that barge and tug had taken coming in the channel because I had to come around there to get through the Port Isabel little low bridge. And the current in there was just absolutely river-like. Wow. I mean, it was it was moving. Yeah. And 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 I, I remember slowing down and having to go through that that low bridge in reverse to slow me down the current because I didn't know if my back platform was going to hang was going to hang under, on, that, yeah, bridge under that bridge because I've had that happen before. Hmm. I have to get everybody in the back of the boat sink it sink real it quick real and then to get underneath there. Wow. So I, well, it was something. But you know, I got back to the house and. You know, I put the boat up. Of course, she took off immediately. She was terrified. And, you know, I'm sitting there on that dock just reliving this going, did that really happen? Or did I just wake, wake up, up and come out here and then this was the dream? Because it was pretty quick, you know. And I'm just going, no, that 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 actually happened. It happened, wow. yeah. I'm going, wow, I really can't tell anybody about this because I don't want any part of that lawsuit, anything that's going to happen from this. I'm going, if there's lights underwater they're dead people they're dead people and that that truck that was stuck in that bridge landing area with i was going that boy's done too you know and how many more who knows i don't want to know you know i'm going to get away from this i'm glad that uh that you came on because um i have uh had i have a couple of friends who are are uh, emergency responders Mm -hmm. and and some of them have taken uh, a liking to listening to the podcast, but some of them have come to me and been like, man, you're really portraying everybody as right. just horrible. As horrible, yeah. you know, like. Uh, I will back you yeah. up. And, and, and the <laughs> truth of the matter is, is that I'm just reliving. And that's that's to say that, that that night, yeah. that's what happened. It's not to say that these individuals are always like that. I'm sure oh, no, that, no, no, no. I'm not saying that yeah, at all. At all. They're, they're freaked out. They were know? freaked and, out. And they didn't respond very well from yeah. what I saw. The humanity in them took over. The EMS training and the, the any training they had as far as Border Patrol or Coast Guard or whatever, um, they they weren't ready for it. The the they don't have marine training. Yeah, they don't they don't have. They didn't have any boats there. They didn't have yeah just, anything. Just like know. JP was saying that they, they don't. You have some type of training for like disasters, but not to that extent. Yeah, nowhere near everybody. And you you put it you put it perfectly. The frustration led to anger. Yeah. And if you were around, you were where they were going to focus that anger. Yeah. So. You you were you were right on the money by getting out of there. We oh, should have we should have just now I really know. I yeah, right we should have just turned them over, and we should have gone straight back. The trouble with me was that my boat and my trailer were on the island side. Well, the thing that that I feel so sorry for you about is these idiots on this Coast Guard boat, and I don't mind calling them idiots because they told you to do something that was absolutely insane mm-hmm. to go across Under, yeah. go across that bay. And I know how rough it was. And you keep talking about this little 17-foot boat, and I know exactly what it was, with, what, seven people? Seven people. Okay. Now, right then, those guys made a critical error in judgment sending you across that bay, and that little boat basically overloaded. Overloaded with a guy in a gurney. And then you get over there, and they're telling you you got to come back mm-hmm. on the Coast Guard radio. On the radio. Coast Guard radio. Okay. Again. 
they're getting you involved in something that's that's rescue that's their it's their job their charter man that that's what they're supposed to do and i'm just thinking listening to you going man you guys should have just thrown those people up there and took off and took off yeah and and you saved them out that's all you need that's all we we needed to do yeah well then coming back and then having those guys drag you off that boat and take you to that Port Isabel police station and basically run you through a ringer. Mm-hmm. And that's just ridiculous. They interrogated us. I mean, they, they, it wasn't, they didn't take us into custody. They didn't read us our Miranda no. rights. They didn't do no. any of that You weren't stuff. being arrested. We weren't being arrested. We were... You were hijacked. We were hijacked and being, and being <laughs> interrogated. Like, yeah. it was, it was uh, just as uncomfortable and scary as being on the water because now you're with these federal entities and they don't believe a word you're saying because they're the all the do- boat docks were closed. You're a criminal. Yeah, we were criminals. Yeah, there's no you're such thing as, as innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty wow. until proven innocent. And um, and hindsight's twenty twenty because uh, we thought that um, we were going to be tended to. Had it not yeah. been for Pastor Hyde. They wouldn't even have now, offered how, a, how old were you? Then? I was 21 years old. It's, 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 see, I remember telling you earlier, you know, you talked about if you felt stupid every oh, once in a while. Oh, definitely. Absolutely were. And <laughs> it it just, I, I, I can't believe that you guys got through that without capsizing your boat or further injuring. And see, that's another reason those Coast Guard guys didn't want to take those people because then they're involved. Exactly. And one of the things that they do is... It, and I, I, I'm thinking this is something that they do. If they come rescue somebody, it's their responsibility, kind of like the police. Once mm-hmm. you're in custody, you're, you're responsible for them physically. And they didn't want to assume that responsibility. that responsibility. And they gave it back to you. Literally. Once you pulled up to them and communicated with them, error, big, big, big error in judgment mm-hmm. of that commander of that vessel. I mean, super bad. Yeah. I, I don't know where he is, but somebody needs to take him out and spank him because yeah. that was a really bad call. It really, really was. They oh. literally just gave us the gurney, and, and their vessel's way bigger than sure. ours. Drop down the gurney to us. We strap Renee into it and struggle to lift that dead weight, the gurney, and everything up, feet first. So now the gash on his head. I remember as soon as we picked him up and he went upside down, this fold here just kind of opened wow. and the shirt came off and then it just started swelling. So they tell us, turn him around, turn him around. So we turn him around, get him on the vessel. They gave him back to you. And the sons of bitches gave him back to me and re lowered him down and said, nah, we're not leaving where we're at. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't even work in my mind a little bit. I, 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 just, I cannot believe. They actually touched him and then set gave him, him back to you. Set him down. Yeah. Set and, him down. And then gave him f- back to you. And the captain came out and said, no, sir, we're not taking that person back, and there's no way for us to give him any aid here. You need to take him back. Wow. And, they, and I'm looking at them. Bridget Goza literally was having to help us. She just flew off of a bridge. <clears throat> having to help us because the dead weight, the weight of the gurney, the weight of Renee strapped in. I mean, it, it was just cumbersome. Wow. Mind you, we're dealing with the chop. 
We're dealing with oh, it, it's awful. A it vessel, awful. and we're my boat is just smashing. It, it, it's, up. It's a, it was as wow. bad as it can be. So After all the conditions, and I, I just I can't believe they gave him back. To he, you. They gave him back to me, and I, I'll never forget because when they were the weight of him and us holding him, when they started pushing it, it started separating the two boats. His gurney became a push rod, basically. Wow. And we're holding him. When the boat started separating, literally, I had Coast Guard guys holding Coast Guard guys because they were trying to lower him because I couldn't get the boat to get back the up. The gurney was, was attaching you there. Yeah, the gurney that was, was that attaching was, That was your tow line. That was, that was That's that. exactly right. So they Jeez. literally had to use him, and they said, hold on, hold on, hold on, and they pulled him pulling my boat back to theirs, and then they just basically gave them to us as quick as they could and told us to get out of here. Now, I, I, I've, got, I've got to back up the Coast Guard in one regard. We don't know what they were ordered to do that night. Sure. We yeah. have no idea of what they were ordered mm -hmm. to do, and we're probably never going to find anything about I what they had to say I about that I wouldn't doubt night. that. But they may have been told to stay right there on station. They're thinking it's a terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. Okay, they need to be on station there armed and prepared to do something. And rescue was not on their mind. Yeah, no. Okay, no, that's the only thing I could say in response to how they they reacted the area, to, the, yeah, I, to the situation. And I can agree to that because I myself... We're back to scrambled eggs well, here. Yeah, well, you know, well, people assuming, don't know what to do. Well, assuming that that they were on on alert for a terrorist attack, mm -hmm. they didn't seem like they were on alert for a terrorist attack. No, when, when they got there, I think that they quickly realized that they weren't they were in too big of a vessel to get near the bridge. They weren't going to put anybody in the water to go try to save anybody. Mm -hmm. At that point, I think their narrative was just to keep everybody else away from what could continue to happen. You well, know? I've got another one for you. Okay. You guys are gone when I mm -hmm. get there. Now, why did it, and I'm not real sure of the time frame of all of this, when they commandeered that head boat and loaded mm -hmm. it with those guys and they came around. Why did they wait until I showed up there to get somebody over on that time? Um, Wouldn't you think under any, any reasonable activity that they should have gone there first to see what was going on immediately, on that yeah, tugboat. Definitely. I, I just, I, I wondered about that for years going, why did, did they wait so long to go over there? I think it had to do with, with the fact that they didn't know what was waiting for them on that boat. Well, I, I think it was also that they didn't want to try to maneuver over there to it because yeah. of the wind and the current. Yeah, it <laughs> was nasty. I, it was terrible. It was that, a terrible That V-hole boat that I had at the time, ski boat, I'm convinced that that had a lot to do with my, because I'm not a captain. I collectively had maybe spent behind or in control of my own boat or any boat for that matter. At this point, maybe 10, 12 hours. I, I can't believe you survived. Overloaded <laughs> and went across that part of the bay. That is the worst part, part of the bay. I remember seeing the water just swirling. <laughs> that is insane because you talked about this on the last episode about the post-traumatic stress. Like you all went through that. 
then you went through the stress of them detaining you, mm-hmm. and then you went through the stress being in the courtroom where you had to see all these things that happened. Yeah, it, it, it's like it never stopped. It never stopped. It was pr- it was prolonged, and then we got tidbits of information in the courtrooms. You know, um, and this happened for all you guys. All yeah, four. All of you. They, four they, of they us. wouldn't have wanted me in that courtroom. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, because you were. They would we were not have well wanted versed. me in there. Yeah, you were well and, and see, a, a, like I said, a, a lot of this stuff that. that I learned about winds and currents were when I got into that marine seismic industry, and they would send us to these horrible environments, you know, all over the continent. And you know, I, I would think back every once in a while, you know, to that night, going, "Man, that's as bad a current, you know, as it and was that night." Winds affecting my boat right now, you know. And these are bigger, more powerful boats I was running, and I'm just going. Man, I got that little scooter boat in and out of there, and I didn't get killed. Mm-hmm. And went under that bridge that fell down, and didn't get killed. We, and those guys didn't shoot me and got killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all of those were very present dangers. Sure, they, they were. were. They were very yeah. present. We got directly under the under the causeway uh, when we were bringing the scuba gear guys or the scuba squad to go and uh, look underwater. They commandeered you, they did, you yeah. to do that. Yeah, to do that. See, if I'd have been there and they found out I was a captain, they would have had me doing it. Well, I'd I get to the Coast Guard boat and there's two frogmen up there yelling, screaming, arguing with the Coast Guard that their chief truck is in the water and they want to go to... That's the fire chief. That's the fire chief. Yeah. I pulled up next to them um... And they start telling me to get out of here, get out of here. And the frogman said, will you take us to, to the accident? I said, yes, I will. And they jumped right on. We get there, and there's still a chunk about the size of this room, which is about a 20 by, I mean, 13 by 14. It's a big chunk of concrete mm-hmm. still hanging over. Hanging on rebar. Hanging on yeah. rebar. We get there, and immediately the two gentlemen who are going to go in, to the water to go check things out, move to the front of the boat, which brings my boat this You got way. no control. Got no control of no them. I had, I had my ass was up in the air, <laughs> yeah. so to yeah. speak. That chunk starts scratching. And the guy tells me, back up, back up, back up. We back up. And as you know, when you back up on a boat, the ass end comes up. Yeah. And we were already up. Well, as soon as we backed up, that chunk fell not eight feet in front of us. Jeez. And it created a suction almost. My boat was already, the ass was already up. So when that fell in front of us, when the stone broke the water, my boat followed it. When it broke the water, it popped my boat back up and the frogman literally fell into the water. Wow. They had now, to crawl back what in. I'm wondering is how in the world. It, it, they didn't pay any attention to that current. Oh yeah, moving through there. Oh yeah. How were they going to stay there? They, I How in the world no were they going to stay? I in could not there? get that boat to stay there. I mean, as soon as they jumped off, my it. ass was coming around this way, and I have to literally leave, come back, start on this side because I knew I wanted to drift right in front of where I dropped them off. I think Tony said it best. It was like when that little section when you take out the water from the sink. It was like that. And instead of just in one direction, it was several in every direction. Like there was just swirls everywhere. We could literally see, like Tony said, that that boat, I'm sorry, my boat, the hull went and hit 
one of the cars that was still with its with its rear ran up tires. Who on. almost ran over one of the frogmen? I, I remember somebody saying that that they almost hit. It him. was one of uh, one of the other boats that either had been commandeered by somebody or it was like a tech stop boat. Or I remember they had four or five guys on one of those little skiff boats just and the captain himself was basically yelling at people because when we would get close enough to them it seemed like all of the authoritative figures would want to come to my side to their side of the boat to be closest to me and these little boats were just starting to like they had no idea it's like they thought they were walking on land and you'd see that captain just start cussing at them get your get over here you need to balance the boat and and they all wanted to rush to the same side to talk to us, to tell us what to do, to exactly get on to Exactly what us. happened to me, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And no, of course, no. these guys didn't want to listen. You know, they're the authorities. They're the authorities. They're and not used to somebody telling them. that they had no idea what they were, what doing, they were yeah. doing once they got on top of the water. That's right. They, they just, they're great on the land, but uh, oh, not too good in the water. Either. I, to this day, believe that had I, had I been on a fishing boat mm-hmm. and not that Glastron boat, <clears throat> I think we would have capsized, man. I think that V-hole kept my boat rocking because there was one point where I had Rene on one side, Gustavo on the other side, two frogmen in the front. I'm sorry, not two frogmen. Leroy and Roland in the front, Tony in the back, and I'm sitting in the little captain's chair. And the chop was just so nasty that if you got in the wrong direction, it would start tip. It would just start tipping Jeez. your boat. Like it was, it was a. And of course, it's trying to carry you away. Yeah, it's from trying your to side. carry you away from the side. That's and right. And doing a good job of it. Oh, too. My, oh yeah. You couldn't. Uh, you, you could not gain control of it. You were in constant. Uh, you were in constant agility mode. You had to like just steer. You had to move. You had to reverse. You had. It was never just going to stay where you wanted it. What to. was the maximum amount of people that you had on your boat at one point? I think seven. Wow. And yeah. I imagine that boat's rated for five. Yeah, it was rated for five. And yeah. we have seven I'm, I people. I just, just, I preached, because I know what kind of boat yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just. And I figured it was rated for five. It was and, rated for five. And, and they throw a Coast Guard guy on there to, to further, over. of course, that may have saved you going across the bay. I think it did, because at this did point. Did you know how to get to that Coast Guard station? No. Oh, well, I didn't even. Go. I didn't even know it existed yeah, for yeah, that matter. Yeah, okay, okay. So if you can picture me on the right side of the boat, captain's chair there's a windshield here and it has this other windshield that kind of opens that gives you access to the front well chris that coast guard dude stood right in between that gap holding on to both sides of the windshield and two people in front three people in the back he and i well he can't see where he's going and he couldn't see where he was going and we we're coming i can assure you he couldn't see we're coming at a full kind of steady chop pop in the waves going towards this thing and he grabs my steering wheel and just turns it and as it turns it whips everybody to one side and I realized that I had almost hit one of these utility poles utility yeah because yeah. yeah, you can't see those either you couldn't see anything it was as black as that curtain behind yeah. us wow I mean and he he must he knew where everything was man because it, it, it he had the spotlight and instead of yelling, watch out, or this, he just grabbed it, and I'm holding on to dear life, and I, and I felt the strength he had to to use to dominate my grip. Well, he's a Coast Guard guy. And he he, knows, he knows what to he do. He knows what he was doing. And, boy, I tell you, I don't know his last name. I wish we could find him. His name was Chris. Chris. And he really, he was probably the the thing that, 
saved us the most because had that not happened, had he not come onto the boat, I would have still tried to have stayed in the mess with injured people on my boat, not knowing where the Coast Guard was, what was a safe dock to go to. I, I, I knew nothing. You probably knew that dock was there at Stockton's dock on the south side of the, of the causeway there. Yes. You probably knew it was there, but you know how, how do I get in there? How do, and then yeah, I had, I can see that I had Bridget on the boat, and every time we got anywhere near the causeway, it, it was just sheer hysteria. Wow. Like yelling, screaming, trying to get off the boat, saying, don't take me near that bridge, get get away from the bridge. It was bad. It was Jeez. bad. I can I, I fully, fully understand what you're saying. And I wish I would have had the foresight or the perception to be like, I need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here. I looked at my boat, it was just tore up. There was you can't get a compensation for that, did you? Not one cent. That's the other thing I'm thinking out there too. Not one because cent. I know how this activity works with yeah. the Coast Guard. I yeah, just, no, not one cent. And that boat was brand new about six weeks later. Um, I sold it at an auction for $4,000. I just wow. bought it for twenty-three. Couldn't get to it, didn't want it, didn't want to be in it, didn't want to didn't want to reupholster it. My wife would tell me, well, we can reupholster it, honey. Yeah. And I was like, no, we can't. We're going to get rid of We're this rascal. We're going to get rid of that bitch. bad cool. dream right yeah, there. Yeah. It really was. Like, oh it, it went from something that was going to be a family you know, something to bring up and create good memories yeah. with, and it just took a turn for the exact opposite. Yeah, I was worried for months and months about that. And, you know, I recently talked to two old friends of mine. I go, did I ever tell you about, I asked several of my old friends, did I ever tell you about that? Mm -hmm. And most of them, I don't know. But two of them, one of my customers and one of my friends here in Macau, remember me uh, telling him something about them, but I didn't go into any kind of details, you know, because. I didn't want any part of that business. It was nasty. It got ugly. Let me ask you this, Captain Steve. Um, from the time you heard the collapse on the bridge, how long did it take you to get onto water? It uh, it was it was soon enough that they hadn't boarded that tugboat yet, so it, it couldn't have been an hour, okay. but it was probably more than thirty minutes because I had to walk out to the the highway probably I don't know five or eight minutes, you know, and then run back. Probably took me longer to run than to walk, but I, and and then drive down to the causeway, you know, on my truck, and the guy's going, oh, there's been a terrorist attack, causeway's down, you know. Then I went back to my house, but I was immediately on that boat when I got back. It, it was probably at 45 minutes I was there. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Robert. Um, from the time you heard the, the crash and everything, and how long was that time frame from when you started rescuing to when you dropped them off the past the you actually dropped everybody off back at the from the first time we saw the that the bridge was out um to the time we dropped them off and and you know gave custody of these people to to uh, the end the ems people i'm gonna say it was about an hour and a half wow yeah, it's about because you got to remember, we got them onto our boat immediately, and they spent the majority of this time 
of us looking for other individuals. Um, with a bunch of kids. With a bunch of kids. Yeah, with a bunch of kids that wow. had no idea what they were doing. What they were doing. Yeah. None. Yeah, and, and we were all kids. Yeah. I, I just, you guys were so lucky. I, yeah, just, we, we were I, just, I can't we were all believe kids. you made it back and forth without cat There, flies there was a I, hole. There was a, 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 and it's not a hole. Uh, uh, it was a part of the front of my boat, right where the bow is. And it was dented and pushed in, and the fiberglass was just shredded there. Where we had, there was this one pillar that stayed protruding out of the water. And when I reversed, the boat came up and it just clipped it and it just scratched the shit out of my boat. And we all went and looked and said, No, it's not broke, it's not broke. When I went to go pick up the boat, days after, once the ferries came in and stuff, and we got the boat on the trailer and we loaded it and we pulled it out of the water. You could stick your hand into that son of a bitch. Damn. Like it was just pushed in so much. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, after that happened, had there been a moment where we all went to the front again, because this happened right after the, the frogmen, uh, when that piece fell and I had to go back and stuff. The, the boat would have filled up with water, and we'd have been. And I'm certain that boat didn't have bilge pump, did it? No way. Okay. No way. And, and, and I tell you, I know that boat. It 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 just it, it amazes me. I, I'm still I, I I can't tell you how much that I am amazed that you guys didn't get capsized, sunk, something crashed into something. Yep. I I just I can't believe it. it my uh, you're lucky. <laughs> I had my. Uh, I don't know who it was. It uh, I don't know if it was Roland or Leroy or whatever. But I remember we were we were at the lighthouse assembly or assembly lighthouse, the church, Pastor Hyde, and uh, he said uh, one of them said it almost was as if our boat was being held, <laughs> wow. and you can, it was going wherever we needed to go. But I was looking at him and I was like, man, the only person holding that boat was me on that dang steering wheel. I mean, I I almost got blisters. I was holding on so tight. It is a, a miracle in itself that that what Captain Steve says is right. The danger and the chances of us capsizing. You did everything stuff. unsafe that you could possibly do. We did everything wrong. Yeah, we did. You'd never get your captain license. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, and I, I think if, if there's any of those families that are listening, you know, to this thing that made any money off of this, you guys need to buy Robert a boat. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, it, it, it just don't be so greedy. You know, yeah, I know you guys was. did well. Let me ask you this, Captain Steve. Um, there's a part in the story where e people either like this is bullshit, and or they're like, "Wow, this is talking about the woman in the water and the white blouse." You listen to the first complete episode. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I, I absolutely believe the man. I, yeah, I've got no problem with it. I, I was going to tell you a story. I drowned surfing in Mexico when you know, we were down there surfing, you know? And I remember I drowned, pretty much drowned, and these guys from California pulled me in, pumped me up. And that day, my mom was in use, she was a school teacher, and she passed out in school. She said she got real wound up and just agitated and, and just passed out in her classroom. Wow. And I asked her, well, what day was that? And we determined that it was that same day at that same period of time. Wow. Did you hear that? It, 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 no, uh, I, I trust me. I believe anything you said about that. It sparked such a memory. It gave me yeah. goosebumps. I, I was still too young to attend one of the first times that uh, George Strait came down here to the valley. 
long, long, long time ago. And um, I remember being at home, and my mom and my dad were there. We're sitting, and my sisters had gone. They were both older than me, are older than me. And my mom stood up. And back then, late 80s and stuff, there was no cell phones. We didn't have text messaging. My mom stood right up. We were watching Three's Company. I'll never forget. I loved watching Three's Company because of the short shorts. And I was always watching with Go dad. Go figure. <laughs> so mom stands up and says, something's wrong. We need to go to that concert. And my dad's looking at her, and I'm looking at watching Three's Company. I'm like, no, we ain't leaving. Well, they'd leave me there, and they take off. And sure enough, they come back later that night, that evening, with both of my sisters in tow. And they got there, and my mom was like, I couldn't breathe. Something was, I knew something was wrong. Well, my youngest sister, Ophensia, had gotten lost in the crowd. Wow. And I, I'll never comprehend, and I, I understand a little bit better now hearing you and, and what I witnessed that night on the causeway. I, um, mothers do have some kind of connection to their children, and I don't think it, I don't think... Oh, you better believe yeah, it. Yeah, I think it, it transcends, it transcends death, it transcends anger and disappointment, and, and uh, 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 the love a, a mother has for their children or child is is something that is needs to be studied almost because my mom was right on the money. They got there, they barged in, they're looking through hundreds of people. They find my older sister who had charge of my younger sister and she's bawling saying, I can't find, I can't find Hortensia, I can't find. And my mom's just, I knew it. And sure that's enough, that's sure enough, my mom starts going, talking to people. And they found her backstage. They had a security guard had found her. She was yep. a lot younger. And my mom said, let's go. I knew something was going wow. on. So there that, you go. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I, I that that woman, Renee's mother, and I refer to her as that because I, I believe that. She was. She's alive on all of our testimonies and all of our statements. Everybody saw her. That's not something that we've been talking about for a little while. Mass and hallucination. Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. exist. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So, um, I I, uh, I wholeheartedly believe that we found him through her efforts, not through our own. Well, that's why law enforcement people separate you when they get statements separate groups of people when they get statements. Okay, there you go. So yeah. you can't feed off the other person. Off the other person. That is exactly why they did and, it. And that's why we weren't put into jail cells. We weren't put, we were put into little broom closets. They didn't even want us where we could see one another, like complete isolation. Wow. I had one chair, one little room, and one guard. What the other three guys that were with me had, I couldn't tell you because I never, mm -hmm. I was never, uh, a part of that. I didn't see that. Sure enough, when our attorney came, they reunited all of us. We hopped into the suburban with him and started making our way home. And the fatigue and the exhaustion and the trauma carried on into that suburban and rode with us all the way home. Complete and utter silence until until I never I'll never forget. I was sitting in, I was the bigger guy of everybody, so I was I was allowed to sit up front, and Frank's driving, and all of a sudden I can hear a real light snore. 
I turn around and, and, and Tony and, and Leroy and Roland are, are, are dozing off in their sleep. And oddly enough, that those snores were so welcome because it was the first time I realized that I was safe. Yeah. That I wasn't going to jail, that the people we had. Well, you did go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to jail forever, yeah. you know, and I wasn't going to. You didn't really, do anything wrong, yeah. you know, yeah. But it was, I remember hearing them snoring and thinking, okay it's over they're sleeping they're resting and i told frank i'm gonna pass out and frank's driving and he said i'm, I'm surprised you're still awake bro and i just literally put my seat back and we were gone wow um unreal we were we were blessed that night and i think that uh, the guys I, were so lucky we were lucky <laughs> and, and, and just, to have an outside influence like the coast guard put you in harm's way like that. I, I just, I can't imagine that, except for the fact that that one guy was with you. But uh, that, that's just unbelievable yeah, that they yeah. sent you across that bay in an overloaded boat, and they had their safe vessel, vessel. right there. Yeah. And I'm sure, I am sure, there had to be medical equipment oh, absolutely. on that vessel yeah. to, to offer anything, even if it was just an IV to start hydrating somebody. They didn't want. They didn't want to deal with all that. And they didn't want witnesses. They didn't want witnesses. Now, let me tell you something. They they didn't want any part of you. Mm -hmm. You're lucky that guy Chris jumped on your boat. There's another one of the lucky things. Yeah. Somebody yeah. was watching over you guys that he got on the boat with you. Basically, it went down this way. I said, I don't know. I'm looking up at them, right here past Pier 19. You're gonna and I'm like, I don't know where that's what at, that man. I can't. About? I can't see. 12 feet in front of me once I leave any kind of glow of light that, that, that yeah. is near the bridge. You want me to go where? And this guy, Chris, just like literally grabs the side of the boat, flings his body off of it, hangs off of it, tells me, get close, get close, get close. And I get close, and he just pushed himself, landed on my boat and said, I'll take you. Jesus. And I have his Coast Guard guy, buddy, or friend saying, what are you doing, what are you doing? Get up here, get up here. And he was like, no man, these these guys are gonna get lost. No, the, the, these guys are doing a lot of yeah, crazy man. It stuff. was crazy, and he knew that guy, whoever was in command, sent y'all across that bay. He's going, dang, that guy was thinking to himself, they aren't gonna make they it. They aren't gonna make it. I they have doubt. no idea where they're going. Yeah, I would these not. These are children, have you yeah. know, in the boat. We were kids, oh. all of us. Like <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. I, I uh, I'm grateful that. Uh, we're here now sharing it and bringing it to light but um the truth of the matter is, is if i could go back and i know hundreds of people probably say this and avoid that night i would i would i would i would hey you know what judy i'm going to fishing no you're not if i would have just said okay no i'm not i think i'd be a little bit happier today because to live with to live with the fact that you survived something mm -hmm. like that because we could have gone. Uh, you would have been statistics. I, I can't believe yeah. it. I, oh, so, I, I, read, I, I can't believe you guys made it. We made it. Yeah. So now we're, we're, we're here telling the story, and I, and I can't help but to think that, um, that I, wish I, I wish it wasn't my story sometimes. And, and I'm sure some of the survivors, and, and, and I know the people who lost loved ones, feel the same way. You know? I, want, I wanted away from any part of it. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I wasn't out on the street going, hey, man, guess what I did? You know, yeah. The last thing I wanted to do. Yeah, you'd have been drug in. Oh, I'd have been in that yeah, courtroom. Yeah. My God. And this is the great thing about the podcast platform is what I keep trying to tell everybody is that 
this is the most authentic thing that you'll probably hear. Definitely. We were the only people out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, it, 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 do you ever hear anything about how they got to that barge? I mean, how they got to the tugboat? I had never heard that story, and I was there. That's I why had, I couldn't believe they hadn't already gotten somebody over there. On the there. boat, yeah. Why didn't the Coast Guard go around over there? Yeah, they I mean, it's just, already a wreck. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if they didn't want to put their boat up against them, well, you know, getting yeah. it dinged or something. It, 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 it's a... Uh, Nobody, nobody is uh, prepped for that. I don't care how much training you go through. Maybe the Marines, maybe the Navy, you know, people. But the Coast Guard station there that night had very little to offer in terms of rescue, in terms of aiding anybody, or even they dropped good, the ball yeah, in my book. Yeah, or even I, good advice. I promise, you know, nothing. Good they, advice would have been. They gave you bad advice. Yeah, get out of here, man. Go dock at the, you know, at, at piers at the. At the fishing pier and mm-hmm. get out of the water. Yeah, like I, that's what they should have told you. Jim's fishing pier, yeah. right next to Pirates Landing, is it's a stone throw away from where we were at. And these guys sent me under the bridge, and all the way to the Coast Guard station on the island side. The most logical thing would have been, you see that pier right there? Tie your boat to it and get the hell out of the water and get these people to safety on Port Isabel side. But they sent me. Way, way, way far away from I anything. I still can't believe it. And it's just, and, and even now, I, I, I drive over the beach. Error. Yeah, it yeah. was tremendous. So I drive by Jim, uh, the fishing pier, and I see where they they parked that pirate boat, and they have the... <laughs> that know, wasn't there then. Yeah, that wasn't there it was, then. It was a totally different pier, as a matter of fact. Correct. And it was going at a different angle. And it was going at a different angle. Now, there was there a lot was, more room between the pier and the causeway. And the causeway, definitely. But there was this one little area where you could go and get off and get into the... That, into they had the, a landing area. A little landing yeah. area. Not what it is today, by no means, but more than sufficient for us to have gotten there, gotten people to safety, gotten them on land. It didn't occur to me. Didn't occur to the Coast Guard. Didn't occur to anybody who was there. They literally sent us through harm's way, under the bridge, in the middle of the dark, in the oh. middle of the night, with injured people on my boat, and sent me against against the current, against the chop, to go drop them off somewhere where they weren't going to receive any help. It was a it was just a cluster of uh, of cluster, people yelling. Cluster's good. Yeah. Like I, like I said, when I pulled up against that. Uh, that head boat, I, there was eight different people telling me to do 12 different things. 12 different things. And I was just going, man, you guys, you haven't got it down at all. At all. But I think back after I got into the oil field and did all this safety training, and I mean a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean cold water survival. I mean insane training for horrible environments. And I think back on that, it was it was even more radical that, I, I, like I said, I was smart enough to get the heck out of there, man. What a what a great call that was! <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm really impressed. Hindsight's <laughs> 2020, man. I, I, I think we. My first initial reaction was fear, paralyzing fear. Like, I'm a big guy, you know, and and I pretty much go toe to toe with whoever when I need to defend myself. Uh-huh. But rushing into burning buildings, you know, jumping in front of pretty bullets. Pretty much what you stuff. did. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what we did. Had it had it not been for Roland, yeah. y'all would have never got out. Roland just Roland, man, that son of a what, bitch. What do you what do you think about that? Like looking back now, like I don't know what, what the hell was going through his head. What do you think? I I think that um, 
something came over Roland, and it was so profound, this, this heroic energy, that it exuded, and it transferred to me, and it transferred to Leroy, and, it, and as soon as he, look at that, I remember, oh, yeah. I remember feeling it, man. I was like, "What the hell? I'm not going over there, man. They're shooting." And and I thought they were shooting. I thought that you know that. I mean, what could have taken out the bridge? And um, and he said, "Robert, we got there. Could be children in the water right now, Robert. Like we need to go." And and I look up at him, and 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 I could feel it. He had just transferred all of that heroic energy that he was receiving from somewhere and he gave a little bit to everybody on the boat and it was enough for me to say uh, all right but you have to as soon as you're in danger we're leaving i'm not going home without you now without I, i've got a question for you okay you guys are sitting there mm -hmm. and did you hear that large the, yeah. the thing i mean did you did you did you realize what was going on, no. or it was just something happening, and it was not just being a water happening. person or you know marine oriented? I had person. never seen a barge in the Laguna Madre. Well, <laughs> not <laughs> once. That that, that just that, not that's impressive. Once in my life had I I had no idea that there was a deep channel that allowed for big. Like I had no nautical knowledge. I unbelievable was always only. <laughs> A passenger on a boat, only ever a passenger on a boat. How deep is that channel through that little area? They, they maintain twelve feet, but right there, it's pretty deep. Okay. Yeah, it's probably thirty feet through okay. that area, and it's deeper as you go north for about I don't know two or three miles, and uh, but coming out of that swing bridge, it's pretty shallow in that part of the bay. That, that's a that's a they have to maintain that part of the ditch, you know, to keep it open. I literally didn't know what the channel markers were you have to stay if you're a certain type of boat and here you know i didn't know about sandbars and you could i didn't i mean just look at the boat i bought yeah the boat i bought was not for or i maintain it's still not for you know shallow fishing and that's what we were going to do um fascinating it, it, buddy yeah it, it really it really really is as as the years have gone by and as i have come you know, I've informed myself a little bit more about that evening, the boat that I was in, and the current. I think to this day, it's the strongest rip current in the history of South Padre Island that night. Oh, it was, it was pouring. It, I mean, it, it was it, bad. I'm going to assure you, all the weather conditions were as bad as they can be. be yeah. Wow. So, and the air, you know, just uh, saturated. You yeah. know, it was almost like like fog. You mm -hmm. know, you were wet. Yeah. Whether whether it was off the splash or off the mist that was just lingering there, you were wet. You wow. were just soaking. And you wet. know the the expression "dark and night." Well, they, they could have taken it from right then. Oh I my! Just, God. I can't tell you how dark. Yeah. it was. unbelievable. It, it was so dark that if you took a lighter and sparked it, it it, it lit up uh, the whole boat. And you know, I, I I'm sitting there, you know, looking at the bridge. Well, it looks fine to me, you mm -hmm. know, and I. Knowing what was going on out there, you know, I'm looking at it going, man, I don't see anything wrong with it until I got over there and saw all those cars in the water. Yeah. And then I looked up, like I said, it was skylighting. There was skylighting. Uh, there's skylighting. Where there should have been. Yeah, hey, sure. Let me ask you this, Captain Steve. Uh, do you remember seeing lights in the water oh, from the absolutely. vehicles? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I went right by them, you know. Wow. And then that truck stuck on the, you know, the landing, mm -hmm. that piling. I'm just going, wow. 
for the better. I, I only remember one set of car lights, though. And I'm sure that once they hit the water, they started moving with the current. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what oh, happened. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we we uh, we got to see. I don't I don't have a vivid memory of the car lights being on underwater. I oh remember, yes, that's all. I remember <laughs> seeing. And and again, I'm sitting. I'm imagining you on your boat. You're standing, mm-hmm. and captaining your boat. In this ski boat, I'm sitting this deep into mm-hmm. the so for me to see the water next to me, I'd have to basically stand up. So I don't remember, but everybody else on the boat remembers it. I remember seeing lights kind of flickering and fading in and out. At, I don't know if as they were getting deeper in the water or like you said. Well, I the remember current. the headlights being yeah, on one of them. And, see, wow. so. and I think it went through the water and <clears> stuck <throat> in the underwater part of the right between two of the V pilots had stuck in there. That's the only reason. That it would still be there, mm-hmm. otherwise the current would the have current pulled, would it have pulled it over. That's yeah. right. It was it was a horrendous night, and and the confusion saturated everybody. There was not one clear-minded, um, composed individual that night. I, I will back you up on that after your story and, and seeing the, I appreciate the law that, enforcement Captain. guys I saw. Of all the guys that should have been, you know pretty calm and, mm-hmm. and realize what they're doing and, and I just did when we got to that tugboat and that, I, I saw that guy roughing up that long haired guy in the galley going these, these guys they're looking bloodthirsty yes, to me buddy I, you know, exactly that, these the guys feeling. are not responding normally and I've got to get out of here because I could be next you know they turn that anger onto me and I'm just going, or their confusion <laughs> or whatever you want to call it That that is hitting the nail squarely on the head they were just some they were i think you said it angry. crazed yeah they, they were, were just crazed, crazed man. man they were they angry want, at what they, they were wanted seeing. something mm-hmm. you know they wanted something that wasn't there and That's was right. not going to be there. and it was never going to be it was there. never going to be there Jeez. <laughs> Well, before we finish off the podcast, I just want to ask uh, if you have enough. anything else, <laughs> anything else that you maybe it's remember. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> you got a long drive back too, yeah, so you're gonna no, be thinking this is gonna be going through your head on the way back. Oh no, no, I finished with you guys. <laughs> it's I, you know, done. I, I got everything out I needed to get out, and, and I wanted to meet this guy, I Robert, real that. bad. You know, listen to this. Listen to this story of his, and just I, I want to tell you, man, you guys were really being stupid out there. <laughs> Thank man. you. I, Thank and and you. then being led down that path, you know, farther down in the hole. You yeah, know? I know. They, they, Unbelievable. They, and yeah. then what they did to you guys afterwards, basically, you know, you were taken in and interrogated. <laughs> you weren't questioned. No. You were interrogated. Interrogated, yeah. And, you know, that's going into military, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, and, and being kids, I, you know, I, Remember you saying you guys were in your 20s or something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after between the time I heard that podcast and now, just going, man, when I was 20 years old, I'd have got the heck out of there immediately. Believe and me, I, I wanted then to. when I was 48 years old, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get, to get the out heck of out. Because if, if those guys wouldn't have pointed the guns at me, I would have left. You know, mm-hmm. when they told me to come over there, I go, no, nah, man, I don't want anything to do with you guys. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But, you know, One last question before we finish off the podcast. How do you feel about the story that we're telling now after 20 years? I think it's awesome. And, and the fact that, that you've read the uh, the transcripts of what they said, and there's no transcripts available from the tug guys, right? Yes, yes. we have Oh, there yes. are. Mm-hmm. Those are coming. Those are coming. I, I wonder if, if that kid in the galley remembered me pulling up I wonder, there in my boat. Yeah, I wonder if that's him. Because he saw that, me. Yeah. He looked at me, you yeah. know. And uh, I, I just, the, the way that officer was treating him, I, it was... Uh, 
I just, like I said many times, it's I like just they've done it deliberate. This is time to get out of here, yeah. man. These, these guys are nuts, you know. Wow. Well, we're glad you you enjoyed it. We we're oh, happy that uh, yeah. that you. Uh, I'm glad I that you were there. Too, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you were there, um, because it's a testament to the chaos that I experienced. Well, and I, a lot of people I, don't I, believe I can, it. Sometimes I, I can understand a lot of things that happened. It explained to you how bad it was. Yeah. You know, you may not even I don't no, know I, I, how I bad things I were. You know, uh, and, and I can assure you, it was. And it just that that you made it was fascinating i just i can't believe you guys made it one last thing robert from where we started with this the first podcast up to now what are your feelings like still continuing the story um it's a journey for me it's a it's a there are 20 year old questions that are being satisfied um there are perspectives that i'm getting to um I'm getting full visions of what you went through. That's be- what I wanted to give you with some perspective. Good, so, because I need From a it. marine outside, you know, observation yes. of the whole thing. And I want to hear some information about those tug guys. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, we're, gonna, we're going to come out to them. Yeah. That's, what, that's, that's the thing that I most want to know because I'm thinking of all this stuff, you know, being an operator, you know, how in the world, you know, did this, what, what was going on? What were they thinking? You know, was, was it the outside influences of the weather? Was it the lack of navigation gear? Or yeah, lights? we got the transcripts from the lawyer actually talking to Fowler, which was the captain of that boat. He had okay. never, I, I never saw him. He had never, um, he had never captained a, a boat that was pushing four barges. It had only been one or two for him. So it was his yeah, he first. Yeah, he was underpowered yeah. from what I understood. So he was, uh, and he maintained that the vessel was was not seaworthy whatsoever. Hmm. And that, so so we've been, and I say we, and I use the term loosely, it's been mostly Josh has been um, reading through these and skimming hmm. through them. And um, it's a lot. It's a lot, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot. And we're trying to maybe do a, a, a kind of like a, not a reenactment, but uh, I'd play the attorney and, and maybe Josh could play the, the Captain Fowler and basically run through the questions, the Q&A of what the attorneys were asking and what his responses were. And I think uh, we found a lot of stuff to be really interesting. So Absolutely. circling back to your question, um, it's therapeutic for me. It brings me... Hearing Captain Steve tell me how incredibly lucky we were, it uh, it brings value to me in the sense that uh, I didn't realize that. To me, it was a scary scenario. I knew that there was danger lurking everywhere, but I never felt that danger in the moment. I just well, you didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. You didn't know. It's like, ignorance is great sometimes. Yeah, it's like you know? being It'll next to a, a bush of poison ivy and you don't recognize it, you know? You got away unscathed, but it was there. Yeah. Well, that's kind of that's kind of what you're bringing to light to me now. So to answer your question, um, I'm loving it. I'm loving hearing it. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, that it's bringing me new value to my future because now I have a little bit better appreciation for what, not only what I did, but what we managed to survive what ourselves. What you got away what with. What we got away with, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a feather in our hat and it gives us, uh, it gives me at least the, you know, the motivation to do better and to, and to kind of 
preserve what I got going here in a positive way. What you got left, the time what you we got, got left. left. Yeah, because See, I'm, I'm looking at short time, you know. Yeah, so it, it, to <laughs> yeah, hear that, enjoy things, you know. To hear that is it's uh it's 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 warming, you know. It's a good thing. Yeah, well the great thing about this is that people get to look back at this on YouTube at any point mm -hmm. in the next 20 years sure. because this is literally the most detailed documentation of Definitely this event. Is. I I can assure you that no one is going to come to you and go those two guys didn't know what they were talking about. Well, yeah. I can assure you that is not going to happen because these law enforcement guys, they're not going to come to you and go, oh, we, we were very professional. Yeah, no, we never. Down the line, what we were trained to do. And, huh. Those of them <laughs> that uh, were there have uh, the same recollection that we have. Maybe they haven't come to terms with the amount of anger and fear they were experiencing that night that led to some incompetence. But... Um, but they know it, it wasn't incompetence on their part. It, it was it was lack of training and knowing what to do. And mm -hmm. you know, we, in a marine situation, I had no idea. I mean, if it had been on the land, land. those guys that have been in there and they'd have done their yeah, thing. And Jaws it of been life, John and they're, they're, Wayne. You know, and I've never been a John Wayne. I'm more of a James Bond. Oh, you know, okay. Well, there you go. Around, too, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roger Moore or, 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 or uh, well, what is the, it? the only Connor. one, man. <laughs> Connery is the only one. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that being said, uh, don't forget to subscribe. I, I believe a lot of, I think like 80% of the people that are watching the series are not subscribed. So subscribe, subscribe to it. Man. That way you'll get to see these episodes as they you pop get up. The updates, yeah. And absolutely. So uh, once again, guys, we'll see y'all later. Captain Steve, appreciate Captain Steve, you. Appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. It was a pleasure. Pleasure to meet you too, buddy.